Zach Taylor says Joe Burrow will continue to play quarterback for the Bengals. So let's pinpoint what the limitations are for this offense and what they can do to get it right. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're your regular hosts of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, joined today by Mike Santagata as we dive into the film from a pretty miserable showing against the Tennessee Titans and continue to try to pinpoint what is going wrong, what corrections can be made, and where they can go from one of the roughest starts we've seen in, in the Joe Burrow era. Today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast brought to you by Game Time, where you can use promo code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase of last minute tickets for the lowest price, guaranteed. And if you're new to the show, we're on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. Please do subscribe if you enjoy what we do. It makes it very easy for you to join what we like to call the first listen club. Those of you who make us your first listen every day and all those loyal listeners who listen every day, despite how things might be going for the old Cincinnati Bengals ball club. And guys, we're going to start with the offense today. Didn't feel like things were going in the right direction against the Tennessee Titans. There was certainly a regression from some signs of life against the Baltimore Ravens, a win, some, some touchdowns against the, the Los Angeles Rams as well. Some things that were starting to look like they were coming together. Joe Burrow, of course, re-injures his calf in that time frame, but, it looks like he and his inability to move, his inability to drive off his back leg are major limiting factors for the offense, which is making them very easy to defend. Mike, can you add some specificity to that generalization about what the limitation is right now for this Bengals offense? Yeah, uh, you mentioned driving and he throws. When he's trying to plant with his back leg and what he would normally do is all cleats in the ground, fire off the back leg as you know and then hip rotation i'm not a quarterback mechanics expert but if you watch him last year versus this year it's teach tape for a young quarterback versus don't do this for a young quarterback and he's spraying balls there's i think this was characterized mostly in my mind by one play they ran what's called the raven concept which is like a little sit and it's actually a pick and then the other guy runs a wheel and cornerback went over this is a look that's okay you throw back shoulder on the wheel route and Burrow goes to throw that, it just flies like 10 yards over his head. It's just, he's just spraying the ball right now. And that's one of his biggest strengths normally is his accuracy anywhere on the field. And right now it's terrible. Not, I guess not putrid, but you know, it, it's not for, good. And it, you know, for him, it's terrible. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's, that's the part of this. So if he can't move, which is one of his superpowers, well, that's, one less superpower. Okay. And then he's not nearly as accurate as normal. Okay. So what is he really good at? He's still good at reading. He can still read the defenses and, and pre-snap and do all of that, but he's more limited. So let me ask you this, Mike, what have they done or how have they not changed their offense because we can all see that, but tried to make his life easier while also functioning uh, or, or, 
fielding a functional offense? Because I think that's the question that we're going to be asking between now and the Arizona game on Sunday is how can they do that where he's out there, Arizona knows that they want to go quick game, but the Bengals put together a functional offense. How have they they done it? Because obviously it worked on Sunday for a drive. Then the Titans said, now nah, we're going to get up on your receivers, make them go a little bit longer, and that pass rush is going to get to your mobile quarterback. Yeah, um, so I think early on they took a lot of the access stuff. What I mean by that is corners are off. Let's just throw that ball out to chase. Even if it's not a real screen called like a smoke screen, no go, nobody's going over to him. Just throw him the ball corners off. He can make him miss and go up the field. There was a flat screen. They ran a few screens that made his life easier. They were able to run the ball really well the entire game, but especially that first drive, uh, pretty much the entire game. But uh, especially that first drive, they ran the ball extremely well. And that made his life easier playing in situations where you don't need seven, eight, nine, ten 10 plus yards, where you're in third and three, third and two, where when they get into third and eight, third and nine defenses, no, you're, he can't move. And the offensive line, while it's been, it's at least on paper and still in my mind, better than it's been. Mm-hmm. It's still not a plus unit. It's not, you know, a team that can put together the great wall of Dallas from the mid 2010s or even this Eagles or Browns or whoever you're thinking of as one of the great offensive lines, like, Hey, that quarterback has all the time in the world. They don't have that. They have an okay offensive line. That's just not, you know, fielding guys like Kakima Denigy as starters right now, which that only ever happened from injury, but still. Um, so you can't move to mitigate the pass rush. The offensive line is okay. And every defensive line at this point in the NFL has pretty much has a dude or a couple guys like that that are better than probably all of your offensive linemen. Jeffrey Simmons was kind of that for the Titans this week. You get Aaron Donald and the Browns have Miles Garrett. Ravens, uh, not so much, but pretty much every team seems to have a guy like that. So how are you going to protect against that when your quarterback can't move? And then you get in these third and longs where he can't drive the ball in the first place. And now you need these intermediate concepts because teams know they love those go balls so they defend against the go ball and the back shoulder fade and now how are you going to attack the middle of the field they tried to go max protection on a play and they give up three free runners that was one that was just man he got crushed crushed on that play yeah yeah that's felt like every time he tried to take a deep shot it felt like every time they tried to go longer developing play try to go max protect try to go play action try to take a shot even against blitzes, and this is something that we need to talk about as well, is their inefficiency and ineffectiveness against blitzes. He's getting hit as he's throwing, and he got hit in his throwing arm twice in the first half in his motion and was over on the sideline rubbing his elbow. Yeah, um, with the blitzes, the flat screen worked, Mm -hmm. but then when teams go, okay, so that's one of your answers. If we cheat that answer, what else do you have? Nothing. (laughs) They tried to wad it up because this offense feels so – like it feels like they are so you know um claustrophobic it feels claustrophobic really because they don't do anything beyond about 12 yards and when they try to wad it up and it's like red zone it's like they're in the red zone always every play is basically feels like the red zone zones are tight and they're playing over the top of the safety but they can't punish or they won't punish the defense enough for trying to play that way um it's just it's a really tough way to live on offense where you you have to be perfect. You have to be perfect because you can't really throw the ball on third and nine. 
effectively. I mean, how many conversions do they have on third and long this year? That seemed to be something they could really get to the last couple of years, especially last year. It felt like, oh, they're in third and long. That's okay. You know, Burrow can get us out of this. Now it feels third and long. They're going to send a blitz and the Bengals can't pick it up long enough for them to really attack down the field. And there even was a play where they had Jamar Chase, I think it was against the zero blitz on a drag and Burrow can't get the ball out to the drag in time to give Jamar a chance mm-hmm. to run after the catch he gets hit as he's throwing. This is the one I think that was ruled a fumble. Yeah, ball went straight in the air when he yeah. got hit in the face. And he got hit in the face, which I, I don't understand why they picked that flag up, but neither here nor there. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter. But yes, it should have should have probably been called. Um, but, what but do you why mean, not? Jake? If they call that, then the offense gets going and... No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. I mean, you never know, to be honest. No, you don't. Like, you don't. You know, I'm just it, kidding, though. they didn't really, outside of that first drive, get anything going. And some of those things from the first drive didn't carry over for the rest of the game as well. Or the, the Titans adjusted and the Bengals didn't have that answer to some of those adjustments. The running game, Mike, you mentioned, was good early. They kind of went away from it. Part of the reason it was good early from what I saw is the Titans just weren't playing the run. They, mm-hmm. I mean, two of those big runs, the Titans are just flying upfield. And and the gaps that open up, and there's some good blocking, to be fair, as well, but the gaps that open up because the Titans are just playing the pass on running plays are massive. So let's let's talk about the running game a little bit as well, why the Bengals aren't sticking with it, what they can and can't do with Joe Burrow's limitations and, and what they should be doing more of. We'll go there coming up next. Today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast is brought to you by the Game Time app. And if you ever have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now you can get tickets for pretty much anything. And if it's tomorrow, if it's tonight, you can get last minute deals, flash deals, zone deals, views from all the seats in the venue. And they have that best price guarantee, which means if you find the same tickets, same section, same row for less, game time will will credit you 110% of the difference in those prices. So check out those flash deals the sponsor deals on tickets for sporting events, for comedy, for theater. With the Game Time app, you can create an account. You'll get $20 off in addition to that with promo code Locked On NFL on your first purchase. Some terms do apply. Again, just create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL, L O C K E D O N NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today for last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All, All right, right, guys. Go ahead, James. Thanks. Jinx, jinx, jinx. Yeah, it, that was my fault. We're out of rhythm, sort of like uh, this Bengals team. Let's uh, let's continue with the offense. And um, Sands, what would you do game plan wise this week to try to switch it up? We know Joe Burrow is going to start. We don't know about T. Higgins. He said it's a pain thing. I'd still be a bit surprised if he plays on Sunday, but maybe he does play on Sunday against the Cardinals. What do you do? here with Joe Burrow at quarterback. We could debate it. I know a lot of people wanted to see him rest, but we know that's not going to happen. So where do you go? How do you figure it out so they're not operating in that phone booth, like you said? So you have to create some type of 
conflict. Um, and normally they could do that with space and the receivers and isolation and everything, but they can't do that right now. So maybe this is a situation where you're down T Higgins. You don't need to have three wide receivers on the field. Maybe you change personnel groupings to go with that. Maybe you move to the pistol. It feels like the perfect marriage of under center and shotgun offset shotgun. And they just, they, they do like one play a game from it because they've clearly repped pistol in the past, but they don't, really run a pistol being quarterback at about four-ish yards and the running back behind him there's cons to it but the pros are that you can actually get more downhill on your runs you could be you could run from to either side i think that's the biggest issue with shotgun runs the Bengals do their best to mitigate this but typically teams will run their shotgun runs opposite of the running back and if it's going to go to the same side as the running back the tight end is going to be on that side as well so those are going to be strong runs they don't it's hard to find weak runs to the same side as the running back because there's, you know, the guys just don't make sense for that. Um, when you're in the pistol, you have no tells strong, weak. It doesn't matter. You know, the run to the left, or this is the same as the run to the right for where they are currently standing and the angles for the running back. Also, they could get to their wide zone if they really want to try that. Cause they've been trying it a little bit from the shotgun and it's had mixed results, probably a little better from the pistol. If they want to try it from there. I just think that gives you better angles in the run game. And then maybe they could commit to it enough that they can create that run pass conflict that teams really look for. And maybe you get the safeties to stop playing over the top and just letting the six guys in the front try to beat them up. Maybe a safety comes down. They play a seven man box. Good. If they look like they're actually going to commit to the run and give Burrow rest and hand it off 30 times in this game, defense will have to honor it eventually if they're doing it well. I wish I could remember who tweeted this stat on on Monday. Somebody pointed out that the Bengals faced a light box, six man box, seventy percent of their plays. I think I think it was just this week, and threw on eighty percent of those plays against six man boxes. What is it with the run? I, I know game script is part of it. The Bengals got behind, and at some point, running with. The, the you know the amount of time left in the game is just too costly but does it feel like every game essentially they're, they're giving up on the run a little bit too early it feels to me like teams just know they won't stick to it because the team's built through the air you know you've got the quarterback you've got three wide receivers even the offensive line you look at them it's a lot of it's a lot of guys who in theory are better pass protectors than they are run blockers i got jonah williams and alex kappa and ted karras Maybe not so much the left side with Volson and Brown, but tight ends. They don't get run blocking tight ends. They they get basically wide receivers. Irv Smith's six foot two. Um, so he's and 240 pounds. He's not gonna block too much or too well in line. So I think teams know what this identity is, and the Bengals haven't really found a way to show that they'll actually commit to running the ball. That's the one thing about when people look at the Dolphins, all these other teams, is that teams actually do get nervous about them running the ball. When they bring in Alec Engle, the fullback, they get to pistol and they try to run the ball. They're over a 60% success rate running the ball from pistol. And I think the Bengals could hit maybe not those marks because that's top 1% in the NFL, but they could be a, a solid run offense from the pistol. They were a good run offense in this past week, and they just got away from it. I do want to credit real quick. Andrew Russell had that stat, and that was on the season. It was 70% of the Bengals' offensive snaps this season have come against six or fewer defenders in the box, and they've thrown the ball on 80% of those plays, including one play that I tweeted, which is essentially four guys, just a defensive line in the box. 
where the Bengals throw it out of an empty set on second and goal from the six this week. Mike, based on your film, what, film review, what do you think about these running backs behind Mixon? Because I, I think that that's there's clearly no confidence in them to run the ball, touch the ball, make plays with the ball. We haven't seen it, and and it's not like they've called up a, a you know the, the number thirty for for multiple times, a Chase Brown or thirty two Travion Williams, not dialing up those plays much. Do you think there is a a guy that could handle five to ten carries this week? Because I think that's part of it too. Is Joe Mixon's obviously having a good year. They need to lean on one one of these other guys because they don't have Samaj P. Ryan, a guy that they trusted. Yeah, you look at what the Titans did: is twenty-two carries for Henry, which is a lot, but they still gave eight of them to Tajay Spears because they can trust him. Yeah. Um, the Bengals have given, if I'm not, if I don't think I'm wrong on this, Chase Brown one carry, and he misread the defense on it, and it ended up a three-yard gain or so when he had something. If he would have stayed on the track, I think he would have had a bigger gain, and I think that's one reason that they weren't thrilled with his performance on that one carry. But he's a rookie, so game's moving fast. I feel like he's got to learn on the fly, and maybe you give him a few more carries. Chris Evans in week one, there was some, there was some fun electric spark about him in the preseason it wasn't always there but he was able to run between the tackles a little bit which is something that they have been looking for with him Trayvon Williams it doesn't feel like they really trust him to run the ball he's basically there to pass protect and even that they're kind of giving to Drew Sample a little bit now in the uh, offset gun when it gets to third and long so if I had to pick one I might go with Chris Evans because he feels like the lightning in a bottle of give him eight carries and maybe they're six of them are bad, but maybe you get a 20 yard gain out of it because he's the one guy out of that group of the backup running backs that I think can make people miss in the open field and has that excitement about him um, when he touches the ball. Yeah, I would would agree. I I would agree. Sorry, Jake. I I think whether it was just a bad read or bad info, I just, for me, Chase Brown, I think he's kind of fallen out a little bit. And, and Chris Evans had a really good camp, and so why not give him some touches? Because he did show a little bit of some, a little bit of something in Week One, a little bit. So why not give him some touches? I agree with you. The bottom line is, is they need more out of everyone not named Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. I've said this several times in the last twenty-four hours, forty-eight hours, whatever, whatever the time is at this point. Jamar Chase is still playing well. He's still playing like Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon is playing great for the most part this year. Still the same guy, roughly in pass protection. He's been out there, I think, a little bit more, but running the ball really well. Everything else right now, from the offensive line to T. Higgins to Tyler Boyd to the tight ends, has been a bit of a struggle on offense. So, yes, I, I think that there's a lot on coaching here, and and they're not putting players in a position to make plays. They're not putting Burrow in a position where he can do the things that he can do right now to put the ball in the right place to keep the offense moving. But they're also in a place where their margin for error doesn't exist because when they get behind the chains, even a little bit, and I'm talking like second and seven, second and six, they don't seem to have the guys that, to, to make the plays and the answers. And they're, they're getting mistakes on these plays so often drops penalties, whatever it is on crucial downs, missed tackles, after the whistle penalties, whatever it is, that it just erases that slim margin 
they have in the first place. So a lot needs to change, I think. And and that includes both the coaching, the, the approach on offense, you know, that the people are talking a lot about, agree with that. And a lot of these players need to play better on the offense as well, including Joe Burrow with or without the calf, if he's going to keep going out there and playing football. Coming up next, the defense isn't doing the Bengals any huge favors either. They need the defense to play better to keep them in the game like they did against the Los Angeles Rams. They have not gotten that consistently. Let's talk about that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And look, the Bengals may have been inconsistent in the league's first month or the first month of the NFL season. FanDuel is as consistent as they come. And right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And who knows? Maybe the Bengals, who are road favorites against the Cardinals, and that line opened at a whopping seven points, seven and a half points, and and now it's down to under five. So maybe you think the Bengals are going to come alive, that this offense and defense are going to put it together. Well, get to FanDuel today, and you can sign up by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, new customers get $200 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Visit FanDuel.com. And whether it's money lines, props, it's all there for you. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Everyone's favorite part of the show, defense. A couple guys on the defensive side of the ball, like the offensive side of the ball, are playing mostly consistently well this year. And I would say that's Trey Hendrickson, who's had lapses against the run, but has overall been very good. And DJ Reader, who continues to be consistently very good. Shout out uh, rookie DJ Turner as well for playing pretty well in his limited playing time. For the rest of the guys on this defensive side of the ball, you can point to various mistakes here or there. Maybe Sam Hubbard should be part of this conversation as, as playing mostly pretty well as well. No major lapses there. But we were looking for a deeper rotation on the defensive line. We were looking for a step up from Zach Carter for the continuity at linebacker to really pay dividends for the safety room to not suffer a significant drop off with the the planning ahead of Dax Hill and asking Nick Scott to come in and, and just be a, a serviceable safety, largely the same corner room. But for whatever reason, when they've gone on the road, when they've played these teams that can run the ball either with their quarterback or with elite running games, that's really been the biggest problem. Part of it is that they're getting behind, and that's where these running and play-action teams really are in their element. But it's more than just that because they're also having significant breakdowns on plays. Mike, if you're looking at this defense based on what you've seen, what is the, the thing that is most correctable to you based on the guys they've got most correctable is probably on the back end. I think there's been communication errors, I think. And that's something that's just going to fix over time. We saw it last year with the offensive line, defensive backs. I feel like we don't talk about it as much as with the offensive line. They also communicate a ton. You could look at Jermaine Pratt pointing to the seam route that Nick Scott should carry. And he's just a tick late. And then it's a completion. You could look at some of the other issues that they've had in the, in the secondary, I think that's going to get better over time. Um, and that's also the one with, I think, more new pieces. So it feels weird that that's the thing I feel more confident that's going to be correctable. Now, I think they're also getting physically beat. 
you look at there's no communication error when it's single high and DeAndre Hopkins is cooking you for a stutter go for 40 yards on third and long. I mean, that's just that's just being beat. Same with, you know, Mike Hilton's had some issues carrying guys across the field at times. Ouzier still, I think that, I think Ouzier will be correctable. I think that's just, he's coming off the ACL. So every once in a while he gives something up. I can think of specifically, obviously, the one play to Nelson Aguilar, which he's also not used to playing in the slot. So I give him a little bit of credit there too. Um, but yeah, when I'm looking at, I think the back end is where I feel more confident that this will be at least get better. And to be fair, I think their pass defense has been better than their run defense so far. Yeah. That's definitely fair. I I think that's the part that was the one thing that you couldn't let happen. I would say on Sunday, you didn't want Derrick Henry to have his best game of the year. He was struggling and well, three out of four games now. And I, I do wonder if the Rams had stuck with the run, how that game would have looked on Monday night, if they would have been able to continue to run it on the Bengals. How concerned are you about this run defense moving forward? Because they're going to play a lot of teams. Seattle. Seattle's going to want to run it in a few weeks. Arizona, they're unique. They want to do whatever it takes, I, I think, and, and we'll run it some with James Conner. But, uh, yeah, how concerned are you about this run defense? You didn't mention San Francisco. I think that's a big one <laughs> because I can remember the, the I don't. I don't want to go there because that one's scary. That's that's scary, Sands. We we don't go there yet. Halloween is is not uh, is not for a few more weeks. So. And, and by the way, that's Halloween, yeah. right before Halloween in San Fran. Yeah, oh. um, yeah. It's hard because a lot of it's the same guys, and they're just not playing as well as they were. I think that BJ Hill started the season a little slow last year. It feels like he's not playing bad. He even had the sack. It was an awesome yeah. sack. Yeah. But when it comes to run run defense, it feels like it's just kind of like. Uh, not fully there from where I usually expect. I usually expect him to kind of be like the secondary run defender, him and Sam Hubbard to DJ readers, like primary, like he's the alpha. And those two are like, yeah, and we're almost as good <laughs> uh, uh, defending the run. I don't think they have, we talk about the depth of this defensive line. And I think we need to split this between interior and exterior because the interior depth is not good. I don't think Zach Carter's taking that step. I think teams will run right at him when he's on the field. And that's what the, Titans did in this game. Um, he's not able to take on these double teams. They, they're they doing their best to try to get him free, playing him in bare fronts, but they'll find a way, get a double team on him, and it's going to move him about five yards. He's not coming off it. Uh, so that needs to, he either needs to be better or they need to find somebody that can take that role. And I don't think it's Jay Tufele either. I think fans love looking at him. He is not a run defender. He wasn't a run defender in the preseason. So when it gets to the starters, it's probably going to be worse. And there were a few reps that were not great. Um, and Tupo, I think Tupo's taken a little bit of a step back too, as in the backup nose tackle, which is frustrating because they don't have another guy that can do that. There are a number of guys when you're talking about depth pieces or stars or important pieces, like important role players on this team that you could say have taken a bit of a step back through four games this year. Now this could still correct it. Tupo, you mentioned Hilton has had issues this year. Zach Carter has not taken that step that we were hoping to see. And it was always a bit of a long shot. We, we probably got caught up a little bit in preseason hype, but Tyler Boyd has been fine, but not as productive as he's been in recent years. T Higgins has had his issues this year and we've talked plenty about the offensive line. This is across the board. It's a, it's an issue throughout the team where, where they need guys to step up. They're not getting that right now. And 
we'll see if, if that can correct itself and it will need to if they want to get to anywhere near preseason expectations. I think preseason expectations competing for the one seed, you can all but write that off at this point unless they suddenly figure things out and have a, a light ball moment this week and carry that through the rest of the season in some very tough matchups. Hard to see that happening. One note, James, you mentioned Arizona is going to do whatever they can to, to win. They have the second highest yards per carry in the NFL this year behind only oh, the Miami Dolphins at 5.3 yards per carry. They're averaging 143 and a half rushing yards per game, which is right there just behind Baltimore and Cleveland. And uh, so, some other interesting ones while we're here talking about some good offenses, by the way, Miami being one of them, Philly being one of them, one and two um, Buffalo and Kansas city who are the other big dogs in the AFC going into this season right there in the, in the top 10 of rushing offenses in the NFL, 138, 137 yards per game, each the Bengals second last in the NFL in rushing yards per game at 70. So, so some things you can look at there and say, huh, that's not great. You know what they say about the Cardinals defense or offense. You can't, you can't stop it. You can only hope to contain it. So we'll see if they can They've contain that that rushing. Been offense. a heck of a lot better than the Bengals' offense this year, which no doubt the Bengals are the worst offense, the worst. Not great. Which, there was like the worst dead last last night. Oh, Zach Wilson looking like I would, take, I would take. I would take that. <laughs> All right, guys. It's let's sad. let's look for some improvements this week. It is sad. It has not been good. There are improvements required from the coaching staff to the players to the scheme all over the place. Just needs to be better penalties. We you know I've said this numerous times. You can point to any number of things going wrong, and it would be at least 10, 15, 20 percent of the equation for the Bengals. A lot of things to get right for a team with massive preseason expectations, and hopefully they can keep things on the rails and find a way to bounce back and not see this locker room deteriorate because that is one of the things that is special about this team is that closeness in the locker room. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. You can find Mike on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati as well. Until next time, thanks for listening and have a good one.